Hello everyone, I'm Chris Dauphin, your TSEA Communications Director. Welcome to the Ask TSEA video podcast, our monthly show where state employees ask the questions and TSEA provides the answers. We're excited to begin, but first we want to remind you to please subscribe to our Ask TSEA YouTube channel and follow us on our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TSEA Online. All right, so thanks for tuning in. Let's get into it. Okay, welcome to episode four of Ask TSEA. I'm Chris Dauphin, your communications director, and with me today are TSEA Executive Director Randy Stamps and TSEA Compensation and Benefits Manager Keisha Pittman. Good morning. We have a couple things to announce uh, right out of the gate here. Um, our holiday schedule for state offices and the TSEA office. Uh, state offices and TSEA will be closed on December 24th for Christmas Eve and December 25th for Christmas Day. That's uh, Tuesday and a Wednesday, as well as on Tuesday, December 31st for New Year's Eve and on Wednesday, January 1st for New Year's Day. Um, if you have a major concern on either of those days, you can still contact us and leave a voicemail, but we'll be returning calls uh, after that time. Uh, we've had a busy couple of weeks um, since our last uh, episode. For one, uh, Randy, we had a meeting with the Department of Human Resources over the last month, um, and I think we that was part of our quarterly meeting schedule That's right. with them. And uh, can you kind of talk through uh, what was covered in that meeting? We did, um, and we always appreciate the department being willing to meet with us, and we do do that on a quarterly basis. It went very well. Um, <clears throat> we discussed some issues we've been having uh, with appeals and uh, different administrative matters, and that they always listen. They always want us to give them some specific department where issues arise, so we're still able to protect our members that way, but we always want to encourage folks to let us know what's going on uh, with their personnel departments and their individual divisions. But I suppose the most substantive conversation was around longevity and our desire to return longevity in some format to our workers. Um, the conversation was candid and open, and it actually led to the agreement that we'll be meeting again soon on that topic and our burden of proof issue, which continues to be a uh, point of disagreement right now. But again, we're making headway, and as long as we're talking, I'm hopeful. Um, but, you know, we've got to realize that longevity was taken away with a promise that that money would go in to better pay for state employees. And uh, if you continue to reduce longevity, the annual pay adjustments should go up and not down. Um, there's some indication that that may be happening this year, but overall we're encouraged or we're gonna continue to communicate with the Lee administration and Commissioner Juan Williams. So overall, I'm very encouraged by our relationship with DOHR right now and the governor. Going back to a point you made a, a few minutes ago, if, if employees have an issue and, and uh, you know, when we have these quarterly meetings with DOHR, um, we've got a couple of ways you can communicate those issues with us. You can email us at info at or if you go to our website, which is tseaonline.org, on the right-hand side, if you scroll all the way down, um, it's not too far. There's a rumors button. You can click and submit there, and there's, if you feel like being anonymous, a lot of times we... You know, we're going to keep your information anonymous when it comes to us, even if your information is, is included in there as much as possible. But um, there are some cases where we would hope you would give us uh, at least some contact information if we had some follow-up questions for some of those issues. Because 
there are some things that we need to accomplish sort of at the um, macro level with the, with, with the administration, but then there's other issues that, Keisha, that you might be able to make a phone call and solve a member's issue, right? So um, just email those issues in when you have them, and we'll, uh, you know, we'll, be, we'll tackle them as they come in. Can I just say one quick thing about that? Often we receive very specific questions on the rumor button. Um, those are best addressed to staff here. Uh, you know, I want to encourage folks. We've got a dedicated professional staff here, and a lot of those questions just need to come on into the office. But we, we'll catch them on the rumor button, but it's most efficient if you can call in and talk to folks about specific things, problems you're having in the workplace. Right, and that phone number is 615-256-4533 or 1-800-251-8732. Speaking of pay-for-performance, we're in the new pay-for-performance cycle uh, employees are going to receive raises in January for the last cycle, but we're in the new cycle, and there are a couple of important deadlines coming up. Keisha, do you want to talk about that? I do. Um, November 15th was the individual performance plan. It should have been completed by all employees and all supervisor. The big deadline now is January 31st. That's going to be the last day that employee can document and make comments in their performance evaluation, and it's important that um, employees know this the comments is not only for things they disagree with but it's also a chance to talk about additional work that you do throughout the year and that's good to go and, and good to know and where is that employee comments section is that in their performance uh, report or is it there is, like it's a... in their performance evaluation in Edison okay and if they have any questions about that they can give you a call and yes. uh, we can find out exactly that's that if they're having a difficulty finding it um, and with a lot of the pay raises, you know, we, we work with the departments and the governor, and we also work with the legislatures, uh, legislators. And, you know, lately we've, uh, been blessed with, um, tremendous support from our legislative friends. Uh, we've had several events. Uh, we just had one in Jackson, a legislative event that was attended by several legislators. And, and then we had one in Knoxville, uh, as you know, we mentioned on the podcast a couple of episodes ago. That, that was uh, well attended uh, by the uh, s- speaker of the Senate. Um, and, you know, we've, we're just thankful uh, for the support. And we've got another one coming up tomorrow. This is filming on Tuesday, but tomorrow, Wednesday, December 11th, we've got another legislative event in Memphis. But, uh, Randy, you want to talk about some of that support and sort of what we're looking forward to in the legislature in the coming year? Well, uh, we have had great turnout of legislators across the state. <clears throat> we're expecting a good crowd again tomorrow night in Memphis, but the support is there. People now um, are bold in their support of state employees. I think the environment created by Bill Lee has made that um, the case because legislators are more comfortable standing up for state employees because he's been showing them uh, appropriate appreciation for the job they do every day. Um, and <clears throat> We, we have a uh, special election coming up. Is this a good time to talk about that real yeah. quick? Yeah. We do have a special election coming up on Thursday, December the 19th. Um, it's a state house district special election, and it includes Dyer County, Lake County, and part of Obion County. So even though you might not live in those counties, you certainly may know someone that lives that way. We have an endorsed candidate. His name is Rusty Grills. Um, our local members met with him. Um, he is a very conservative individual, but at the same time, he made it clear that he's going to be willing to meet with TSEA staff and with our members in that area. And his 
his future constituents, we hope, and listen to them about state issues. So it's important that if you know anybody that lives in that area that you get them out to vote on Thursday, December the 19th for Rusty Grills. It's that type of grassroots network that has led us to have such a strong presence in the legislature. And again, they have been our firewall in tough times. So uh, we continue to thank them for what they do to stand up for state employees. And again, we have some initiatives that we hope they'll be helping us with. We're, our boards approved that we ask for an increase in the 401k match, that we continue to fight on longevity and we continue to fight on uh, paper performance and that we continue to try to bring some uniformity the way employees are treated in higher education institutions across the state all of those are things that legislators are supporting us in at this time speaking of the legislature we've got to save the date for you um it was in the co-worker but um if you're just hearing it now our lobby day is scheduled for tuesday march 3rd um tuesday march 3rd is our lobby day and um if you're booking this far ahead, our RA is uh, also scheduled for Thursday, June 11th in Nashville at the Hilton Nashville Airport Hotel. Thursday, June 11th through Saturday, June 13th. A um, couple other things to get through. Um, we had a recruitment poster in the most recent coworker. We had a contest. Uh, we've already had 25 people email um, from that contest. Thank you so much for all the support um, and for the willingness to spread uh, the word of TSEA and your and your work sites. I think that's a really helpful tool. And if you feel comfortable, uh, certainly you can hang that poster up in your in your work site. Um, and it, we put it in the last two coworkers. It's a center spread and it's it's a big poster and and it's uh, really visible. So uh, do that if you want. And uh, we may be having some other contests in the coming months uh, surrounding that. Okay, so let's go ahead and move on into some of our member questions that were submitted this month. Our first question comes from Linda Johnson. Linda Johnson asks, what happens when a person turns 70 and a half? Will they hear from the administrator of their 401k regarding distribution options or what form to fill out, etc.? Keisha, do you have an answer for uh, Ms. Johnson? I do. The IRS allows people to withdraw from their 401k account at 59 and a half. Um, at 70 and a half, you are required by, by the IRS to take out a distribution. Um, I would always suggest people to call Retire Ready. Okay. Um, and they will be able to walk the member through the process. And if you are looking to call Retire Ready, if you're ready to retire, you'd like to speak to someone on the phone about your retirement, you can call 1-800-922-7772. Our next question comes from Jim Mishy. Jim asks, I thought that I had read that the highest five years of salary would determine one's retirement benefits from the state. I will have 25 years when I turn 70 in 2022. I was under the impression that any increase in salary after 65th birthday would not be in this calculation. Um, Jim called retirement, he says, and, and they said that that was incorrect, that there's, uh, there's no cutoff in the calculation. Um, what is what he heard from the department? Is that correct? Um, for retirement, they look at the top five consecutive years prior um, to retirement. So what he heard from probably retire ready is correct. It's the top consecutive five years from the from the time he put in prior to retirement. Okay, so it doesn't matter what his age was at retirement. Yes. Okay. It does not matter. Okay. Can I just clarify one thing? Yeah. 
it's important that you do call retire ready. Now, when he says he called retirement, often that means maybe somebody's called their local HR in their individual department. So I think it's important that folks start with retire ready so that it's clear that those are the folks who do this day in and day out, getting people ready for retirement. They do a great job of it too. Again, that retiree ready number is 1-800-922-7772. And I would add, if you're going to retire, you might want to just call that number and, right. you know, just have, put that number in, in your back pocket and have it ready for when you retire. Our next question comes from Robert Nakamoto. Robert asks, if an employee's TCRS years of service do not match their years of service in Edison, which one really counts, the service time in Edison or the service time counted by TCRS? Edison would able to provide a the number of years a person have worked for the state. Um, just say, for example, somebody had worked for corrections and TDOT, it would count those years. TCRS do, do a more thorough um, count because they're able to count local government higher education in the county number of years worked. Do we know if that number that appears in Edison, if they just look or... Um or TCRS, is that an estimate or is that like, do they have to make a phone call to get an accurate number? Right. When you call TCRS um, and ask for an estimate, they do a loose estimate. But once you turn in your retirement paper, they do a more thorough research. Right. There are several entities involved. The treasurer's office is involved and, and we've had issues with this. You know, folks thought some of their years were going to count and, and they haven't. And we need to be very cautious too that not all your Higher ed, I mean, higher ed service would count, but local government and uh, county government, one always counts for TCRS. But I have met with Treasurer Lillard in the last few days talking about that topic and the transferability of some of those pensions. So many states allow that in a more liberal way than Tennessee does. So that's something we're going to be asking the board actually to add to our legislative agenda for this year, that we can work on that. But folks need to understand that the Treasurer has a role there, TCRS has a role and the information in Edison um, cannot be relied upon to know exactly what your pension is going to be. And again, I would encourage folks to go and register with the treasurer's office. That's a great place to start to see how, what kind of uh, reporting has been done in that regard. Okay, our next question comes from Michael Allen. Michael asks, what percentage raise or financial package are you looking at for state employees, in particular probation and parole officers? Is there a promise to do something similar to what corrections officers got last year? Yes, that promise was made by Commissioner Parker. He's keeping that promise to his best ability. It was part of the discussion in the budget hearings when he presented his proposed budget to the governor uh, to the tune of $9.9 million. So uh, we have a great relationship with Commissioner Parker. I, I know he's not a perfect man. We're all fallible, but he's doing the best he can to get pay to those uh, correction people in, at all levels, and including probation and parole. So I'm excited about what happens, and, and that's what we're looking for. And again, as far as uh, folks in general, we're hoping there will be a pay adjustments that's greater than the one that was awarded in this year's budget. That's That will be our goal. Um, so I'm encouraged by all that. I'm encouraged that the revenues are coming in in greater numbers than were predicted. So that should give us some leverage to argue for some increased uh, benefits and pay adjustments for our, our members. And it's important for people uh, who are watching and listening to um, to know that the percent increases really aren't finalized 
honestly, they're not finalized until the budget is passed at the end of session. But so anything can change all the way up until that moment. But we'll really have an idea of what we're looking at when the governor presents his budget, probably the first of March, somewhere around there. And that's right. And that's why it's important that you come to these opportunities to be with your legislators and explain to them what you do every day and how you want your compensation to be handled. Um, our next question comes from Roger Ford. Roger Ford asks, as a state employee, does your spouse lose their insurance when you go on Medicare if they are younger? No, the spouse will continue to stay on the employee's insurance until they reach the age of 65. And then at that time, they will go on Medicare. Okay, well, that about does it for episode four. Do we have some final thoughts? Well, we want to encourage folks watching, if they're not already members of TSEA, to join. There's powers and numbers. Our numbers are up over this time last year, which is a great thing, uh, given all the challenges we face. But it's a great investment. Our president, Donnie Cole, likes to say it's like an insurance policy on your job. So we hope all of you that aren't already members of TSEA will join us. It's simple. You can go online and join and get that done today. Okay, well, that does it for Episode 4. Um, hope everyone has a great Christmas and a wonderful New Year, and we'll see you next month. Well, that's this month's episode of Ask TSEA. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit questions to our show, email those to asktsea at tseaonline.org or visit our website at tseaonline.org slash ask-tsea. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TSEA Online. That's all for this month. Have a great month. We'll see you next time.